So, and I don't have the new bulletin. Could I have a bulletin, please? Because my talk title was long. And it says, it's all about me and you and us and them. Thank you. <laughs> all about. So I thought for the new year, let's start with what is called the Prayer of St. Francis. Oddly enough, and I didn't know this till recently, St. Francis didn't write it. No. <laughs> Scandal. Trey Scandal. Uh... The prayer was not or even discovered till 1912 in France, but not at St. Francis's home. Because <laughs> uh, he was from, what, 12, 12, somewhere around there. And it was just found in a small spiritual magazine called La Clochette, The Little Bell. And it was published in Paris by a Catholic association known as, and forgive, I do not have a French accent, as La Ligue de la Sainte Messe. <laughs> M-E-S-S-E, how do you pronounce that? La Messe. Oh, I'm so close. It is Messe. Okay. Which means the Holy Mass League, founded in 1901 by a French priest, Father Esther Bouquet. The prayer bore the title of Belle Prière et faire pendant les Masses. A beautiful prayer to say during the Mass. Good. It was published anonymously, and the, the author could easily have been the father himself, but the identity of the author remains a mystery. And what I read online is that somewhere it turned up on a prayer card with the picture of St. Francis on the back, and so it was ever after attributed to him. What's nice is it doesn't matter who wrote it. It's uh, such a really, it, uh, that is not important. It's called the Peace Prayer by St. Francis. It's probably always going to be called that. But the point is the prayer itself. And the prayer itself is a bear. Oh my gosh, what it asks of us. I remember when I first learned it, I was, you know, I come from a 12-step fellowship, and I, this was the 11th-step prayer. And the 11th step says, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God, seeking only knowledge of God's will for us and the power to carry that out. Well, I already knew that God's will for me was to be happy, joyous, and free. And those of you who uh, have sought that know how difficult that is, if you take any of the earth seriously. If you take any of these day-to-day -day things, like your body, other people, a pothole in the street, anything, if you take it to be the truth, then your mind is wrecked. And to look at this and say, Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. Well, the first time I read that, I thought, oh, wouldn't that be lovely? Because I knew God had no concerns for potholes in the street. I knew God had no concerns for anything I was worried about. Whatever God was, God wasn't worried. I knew that. I was very clear on that, and I was relieved to know, oh, God, God doesn't care about any of this stuff because this is all temporary. And, and many of us still are trying to convince God of what is wrong in the world, in our lives. And let me tell you, cut it out. Stop doing it. Because it won't work. You don't want to convince God of all things 
of what is wrong. You do not want God to agree with you about what is wrong. What we want is to see it in truth. We want to see life, we want to see our bodies, we want to see all the activities in life in truth, in love, in peace, in joy. That's what we want to see. And so let's us work at agreeing with God rather than getting God to agree with us. Any way we try, we're going to limit it. Even if it's about something we love, we limit it as soon as we describe it. We narrow it down to this. When whatever it is is so much more than what we can think about it with what we can describe, whatever it is, the best thing, the best candy, the best cookie is so much more than what I think it is. How do I know this? Because <laughs> if I believed it, I wouldn't have to eat them as if they're, I'm never going to have another cookie. You know, suddenly I find something I really enjoy and I treat it fearfully. Like the people who get a brand new car and they park way at the end of the parking lot for fear of a scratch happening. It's like, wow, I get it, you get more exercise, but why not just walk to the venue from your home and not bother to buy a car? <coughs> you know, to begin to look at things. So the first, like, Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. Okay, here we go, everybody. You ready? That where there is hatred, I may bring love. It doesn't say that where there is hatred, I may bring a superior attitude. <laughs> does not say that. It does not say where there's hatred, I may bring a way to convince them that they are wrong for hating this when they should be hating this. Because that's kind of where it is. We're trying to get people to stop hating what they hate so they can hate what I hate. Let me ask you this. Has anyone here ever been upset that the people you don't like have friends? <laughs> and have you ever tried to get them to not like that person again? Convince them of why they are unworthy of your, your love, your friendship. I have. You're welcome. <laughs> <clears throat> that next comes, that where there is wrong, I may bring the spirit of forgiveness. That where there is wrong, I may bring the spirit of forgiveness. And what is wrong, really, except the forgetting of God? The forgetting of self. The forgetting of life and love. And so what would the spirit of forgiveness be? Well, for the way I teach forgiveness, it would be that I may bring the spirit of giving way for a new thought about it. So that we can deal with this in love, in light, in, in some other way rather than antagonism, in unforgiveness, in boxing things in. That where there is discord, I may bring harmony. Imagine if that were your job. That's your job in life. Where there is discord, you may bring harmony. The problem with that for a lot of people is, if it, it's like peacemakers. Every peacemaker I've ever met is the most frustrated person. And I haven't seen where they really want peace. And, and here's why I see. If peace prevailed, they'd be out of a job. Who would they be then? I'm a peacemaker. Well, you're doing a lousy job, quite frankly. Your intentions are right, but 
there's not a lot of peace going on. So perhaps I'm a light shower, you know. Come and bring the light. Show up at the party with the light and see how that goes rather than... Because, see, if we're always looking for peace, what we're affirming is there's an absence of peace. That's what we're really affirming, and we don't want to affirm anymore that there's an absence of peace. Even though you may look around you and see nothing but chaos. And that's when we go within and say, God, tell me what's really going on here. That where there is error, I may bring truth. It doesn't say that where there is error, I may bring a sermon. It says I may bring truth. So much of what we need to do is through action and example more than preaching, more than correcting somebody all the time. Uh, uh, so, you know, early on in Unity, 12 Steps and everything, oh, my goodness, I used to correct everybody all the time. Don't say that, don't say that, don't say that. Oh, awful, awful. You, you can't do that because you're just affirming the worst. And still in my job, if I'm in counseling stuff, I'm going to correct. I, I have a job here where I do correct perception. Nevertheless, if I'm at the grocery store, I don't need to preach at someone because they're not behaving as, I think, in the light. But what I can do is remind myself they're a child of light. And I'm willing to see it. Spirit, show it to me. That I can do. I can ask to see. I can ask. And when I say spirit, what I'm really asking is, Sean, let yourself see the light. Let yourself see the light, Sean. Anytime we ask God, what we're really asking is ourselves to be willing to experience something. That, that's really what it is. As a kid, I pray to God, pray to God, pray to God. And then it's what, what am I asking for? What am I, I'm, what I'm really doing is affirming the absence of the very thing I want. And so like Doug was right earlier when he said, I claimed, I claimed and I saw. I claimed and I witnessed. Because, you know, we're coming up here to learn about this stuff and realize, Oh, wait a minute, it is already here. My good is already here. And so would I be willing to see it is what I've got to ask myself. And sometimes it's very frightening to step up into love, to step up into what you know you need to think, into what you need to do in order to experience the very joy you've been praying for. It, it can be just horrifying because it seems that well, somebody's going to get hurt if I do this. And it's, it's just, well, we don't want to hurt anybody, but at the same time, I don't want to live in hell. So well, where do we go from there? And we have to keep looking and looking and asking and praying. So that where there is doubt, I may bring faith. Now, many of us have faith in what we doubt. So I've got to look at what, where is my faith? Because I have all the faith I'm ever going to have. Faith isn't about religion. Faith is what I believe. You know, and if I believe in the worst, that's what my faith is. And so to look at that and say, oh, I want my faith in the best. I want my faith to be in the best. And, and it's, it, this, is, this is minute by minute work for us. This isn't, you know, so every Sunday we work on it. Minute by minute by minute. It's not when things get hard we work on it, although we should. 
it's all the time. It's when you're feeling your best, you need to work on it too. Uh, that where there is despair, I may bring hope. Because it's when one is in despair, it's very difficult to get one into faith. Because faith is more about now. Hope is for a future. But right now, we can inspire hope for a better future. Because usually when one is in despair, one is planning for an awful future. Are we aware of that? When we are despairing, it's because we think this is the only way it's ever going to be. And there's no hope to get out of it or get through it. And so we want to bring light to our hope for our future so that we can then come into the presence and the very presence that God is. That where there are shadows, I may bring light. And so for one to declare, I am the light of God today. I am the light of God at work today. I am, I am, I am. I am as God created me. I am, I am, I am. I am, I am the light. And then to ask yourself, do I want to be the light? Do I want to be, because if I am the light, that's going to interrupt a lot of conversations. That's going to make for a much shorter lunch hour. That, what, what am I going to talk about if I'm the light? <laughs> I can't talk about anybody if I'm the light. <laughs> how can I convince my friend how awful this other friend is if I'm the light? And how can I be the light if I'm sitting silently criticizing my friend across the table from me? Or if I'm feeling sorry for another being? How can I be the light? And I, I remember when I first read this, on my knees praying, and I thought, oh my goodness. I choose to believe it's possible to be an active force in every single one of these. Many times over the years I've forgotten. But I do know this is not an unattainable plan for a spiritual life. That where there is sadness, I may bring joy. That one I'm usually good at. And then, Lord, grant that I may seek rather to comfort than to be comforted. What that means is, it, my comfort, I can't be comfortable at the expense of everybody else. So often we don't want people to live their lives because I'm uncomfortable. Oh, don't cry. And the reason I don't want you to cry is because, really, you're getting me down. Uh, bringing me down here, people. Uh, uh, you know, oh, don't be sad because it upsets me when you're, ups when you're sad. So I went to retreats and stuff, and we say, you know, if somebody cries, don't give them a Kleenex. Let them cry. They're adults. They will find a Kleenex if they need them. There's usually boxes all over the room. Don't pat their back. Don't let them have their emotions. If they want to be hugged, they'll ask for it. Now, in life, sometimes we need to offer a hug. We need to, but, but I say, do not interrupt the process. And, uh, parents, you know how hard it is to let your children fail at a project they want to do or risk success 
at a project they want to do. You know, those of us who are, well, I'm not a parent. I'm a cat owner, but the, <laughs> uh, parent, those of you who are parents, I can't identify with you truly. I only know about worrying for the well-being of one under my care. But to lovingly, lovingly let your child take a risk and say, I support you. If you succeed, I'm fa that's fantastic. And if you fail, I will be here for you and I will not say I told you so. If you succeed, I will cheer you on. And if you fail, I will cheer you on for trying. Imagine as a parent doing that for your child. That you would let the child actually fall down. Very few children who have fallen down haven't gotten back up. And so, to do that, to do that for your spouse, to do that for your neighbor, to do that for so many, to risk them falling down, and you helping them up if they want help, and you dealing with your own discomfort if they don't. And that's when we turn it over to God again. Spirit, show me. Show me what's going on here. How may I serve in this circumstance? How may I serve today? That's really what we're asking for there. To understand than to be understood. To love than to be loved. For it is by self-forgetting that one finds. It is by forgiving that one is forgiven. And it is by dying that one awakens to eternal life. And that is the prayer attributed to St. Francis that he didn't write. And so to look at that and say, oh my goodness, do I want that? Do I want all of that? Because we can't settle for just parts. we got to get on board. And I invite you to download that and begin reading it. Say, oh, <coughs> is this what I want? Is this what I'm going to church for? Is this what I read spiritual books for? Is this the highest ideal for me? We all know it would be the highest ideal for everybody else here. <laughs> It'd be great if you guys got on board with this, please. <laughs> uh, and if you're struggling, come to me and I'll tell you how to do it. <laughs> and we'll all get along so beautifully. Because Lord knows I will probably give you opportunities then to forgive me. <laughs> and it's, we keep giving each other opportunities for forgiveness rather than fear. So I, read, I looked up some of these other prayers to go with the 11th step, actually. And I love this, uh, this morning prayer. It says, God, direct my thinking today so that it be empty of self-pity, dishonesty, self-will, self-seeking, and fear. God, inspire my thinking, decisions, and intuitions. Help me to relax and take it easy. Free to relax and take it easy. Uh, free me from doubt and indecision. Guide me through this day and show me my next step. God, show me what I need to do to take care of any problems. I ask all these things that I may be of maximum service to all beings. In the spirit of the steps, I pray, amen. Now, it's not going to be God the person who gives you this. Because there is no God the person. There is G-O-D. 
You know, for me, I used good orderly direction with things like this to turn my, well, you know, good orderly direction direct my thinking today. One foot in front of the other, knowing that I am now thinking what ought to be thought by me, doing what ought to be done by me, and speaking what ought to be spoken by me. And then the nightly prayer is God. And it's, it's, it's a little personality here. Forgive me for this. Forgive me where I have been resentful, selfish, dishonest, or afraid today. Help me to not keep anything to myself, but to discuss it all openly with another person. Show me where I owe an apology and help me make it. Help me be kind and loving to all people. Use me in the mainstream of life. God, free me of worry, remorse, or morbid, sick reflections, that I may be of usefulness to others. Amen. I prayed things like this a lot in my life in the past, you know, 25, 30 years. I've prayed things a lot, these, these type of prayers. I've never read that prayer before, even though it's in a book I've read a lot. And, but to look at it, I remember once I, when I worked at Don't Tell Mama in the city, I, uh, my employer came to me and told me he was going to take a part of my job away from me. And it wasn't a lot of extra money I made a week, but it helped. It made a difference. And I thought, uh-oh, something's up here. He's mad at me. This is a punishment. This isn't a practical thing for the club. This is a punishment. And, and, I, and I prayed. Immediately, I prayed while we were standing there. And I said, God, tell me the truth. Tell me what's really going on here. And I said to him, can I ask you, what's, our, what's up? He said, well, you criticized me for some lights I put in the back on the floor to make lights. And I heard it. I, I thought, it's his house. And I told him what to do in it. So I looked at him and I said, I apologize. I was so wrong. This is your place. How dare I ever criticize you? I should, all, all, of course, know better. My mouth has been too big for many times over the years. You've been very kind to me in so many ways. And I forgot. And I watched his shoulders go from here to here. And I said, really? I, I, I mean this. I'm sorry. And he said, that's okay. And I said, no, I'd like to not lose the money. He said, don't worry about it. That only happened because I sought the truth. It was okay that I was wrong. And I didn't have to defend that I was wrong. It, 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 or that I, my, I didn't have to defend my opinion. I worked there. I didn't, I didn't own, I wasn't a leader there. I wasn't in a position of that. I was really good at what I did. I just didn't always have the best attitude while I did it. When I became willing to pray, Wanting to know what actually happened, took place here. Wanting to know where I was coming up short. Life got easier for everybody. Life changed for everybody in that building that night because I wanted peace more than I wanted to be right. Oh, I like the, it's the forgiveness prayer. And it says, God, I am sorry for what I have done. And I have an honest desire to let you take me to better things. Now, what that's actually declaring is I have an honest desire to be guided to better things. You know, if you take the personality out of it, you know, and realize, oh, I have a true desire to be guided to a higher way of thinking. 
I'm willing to talk with anybody who guides me to a higher way of thinking. That's what that declaration is. It's not trying to get something. It's a declaration that what I need is here. What I need for my thinking, for my, not just my acting, but my reacting is right here. The sanity and strength prayer. God, I earnestly pray for the right ideal for guidance in each questionable situation for sanity and for the strength to do the right thing. That's where the restraint of pen and tongue comes in. We're in our modern age. Uh, uh, restraint of tongue and posting <laughs> comes in. It's like, if it's not kind, if it's not going to help everybody, if it doesn't have the potential to deal with the discomfort of not saying it or posting it. Just deal with it. And eventually, we won't even want to. I, I'm impressed at the amount of people I don't argue with anymore. I am so impressed with that. And it's, and it's hard, because some days I still argue. But overall, I say, okay, Sean, it's not going to help anything here. Shut up. Shut up. Delete. Shut up. Delete. And, and then my stomach hurts for a minute. And then I go on, and I'm much more peaceful for the day. I'm so much more peaceful for the day. Where's the one I was looking for? Oh, this is, it comes in the sixth step. God, I still cling to some things that I have admitted are object, objectionable. Help me to be willing to let them go. And then find out, am I willing to let them go? Do I even want to let go of some of the things that I know are objectionable in my behavior? That I know do not contribute to the peace of the earth, peace on earth, beginning with me. Do I even want to? Where is the fear prayer? Where did that go? There's a fear prayer here that is so great, that is so good. Okay, listen to this, the decision prayer. God, I am faced with indecision and I am unable to determine which course to take. I ask for inspiration, an intuitive thought, or a decision. I pray to be shown what my next step should be. Give me whatever I need to take care of my problems, especially free me from self-will so that I may be of help to others. What can I do today uh, to help others? Oh, this, another one. I am agitated. Imagine or doubtful. Please give me the right thought or action. I'm no longer running the show. Thy will be done. Okay, come on. We gotta... I want this prayer. What they do with it, people. Oh, here, change. <laughs> change prayer. I'm sorry for what I have done. God willing, it shall not be repeated. The morning prayer, another one. My creator, show me the way of patience, tolerance, kindness, and love. Ooh. God, I ask for the willingness to make amends for the damage I have done in the past. Fear prayer. You're welcome. God, I ask that you remove my fear and direct my attention to what you would have me be. Now, this all depends on what you think your God is. 
and if you have a God that uh, still thinks you need to be less than what you are, less than love, that thinks you should be punished for what you have done, well, here's my advice to you. Get a new God. If you have a God that thinks you are somehow less than the good of life, than the good of love, get a new God. What I've talked about today, it's all about me. It's all about you. It's all about us. And it's all about them. Lord, make us all a channel of thy peace. That where there is hatred, we may bring love.